This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Mike Sedita. Welcome to episode number one of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of introducing and interviewing Mike Sedita, the executive producer and host of this new show, the Good Neighbor Podcast, Pasco. Mike, welcome to your show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, man. Well, thanks for allowing me to be on your show. And, and you know, I know you have quite a following there and your listeners are probably going, who is this guy? So let me bring everyone up to speed uh, to start with. My name's Charlie McDermott. And back at the beginning of the COVID outbreak, I created a podcast to help local businesses in Southwest Florida get there in so many ways, inspiring stories out to the local community during the lockdown. Now, we call it the Good Neighbor Podcast because local businesses are the foundation for a strong and vibrant community, providing jobs, important products, services, donating to and supporting so many local charities and overall enhancing the quality of life for local residents. Truly, they are good neighbors, but they don't always get the credit they deserve. So I thought the Good Neighbor Podcast would be a great platform to give local business owners a voice. Now, this proved to be so popular, the Good Neighbor Podcast has expanded into many other communities all over the country. And now, thanks to Mike, the Pasco County area has its very own Good Neighbor Podcast. So, awesome, Mike. Glad I could be a part of it. <clears throat> so, you know, so many great stories all over the country. And, and uh, this is going to be an awesome experience for the folks in Pasco County, both the residents as well as the business owners. But, you know, I always like to, sh- to start this show out with the why, you know, in your case, the, I, we know each other. I know how busy you are and, and how much time you spend helping businesses in your area as well as you're involved in the residents. So why carve out the time, literally donate your time, a chunk of hours every week to focus on the Good Neighbor podcast? So for me, Charlie, everything is about community. Uh, I got involved in my community where I lived when I first moved here to Tampa. And um, I noticed that there was, you know, people that were at, you know, kind of at odds with each other. And there was some people arguing over topics within the community and things like that. And I wanted to create something that gave businesses the opportunity to get into those communities in a very uplifting way. And positivity and community is the most important thing because it brings neighbors together. And the podcast for me is a way to profile and highlight businesses in the communities that I work in every single day. Yeah, boy, positivity, especially now, but really anytime is so, so important. And, you know, everything we can do to help enhance that because we're not getting it from the media and other places. No, certainly not. (laughs) Um, So let's start, Mike, with with. Yeah, your business. I mean, what what are you doing? Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you're involved there in the community. So, so my business is really about profiling neighbors in the communities that I work in, and in in the Hillsborough Pasco County area, I have three local publications uh, in over eleven communities, eleven of the most affluent, nice, gated communities that you can be in. Uh, Some of them are staples in the Wesley Chapel in New Tampa area, and others are newer communities that have built up out of the growth in the area. And what I do is I I make residents in my communities famous by putting them on the cover and letting them tell their story about how they met and, and how many kids they have and how many pets they have and 
their hobbies and the things that they enjoy in their everyday life. And the main reason for that is to allow their neighbors to get to know them. It's, it's a way for their neighbors to, you know, you pass your neighbors so many times in the driveway as you're going to work in the morning or taking your garbage out or walking your dog. But this is a chance for you to get a little bit behind the front door and learn a little bit about your neighbor and your community. And in doing that, I'm also able to get businesses that want to reach that audience into those homes, behind those gated communities, getting past the security gate uh, and on the kitchen countertops of those families that are in need of their services, whether that's realtors or professionals like uh, doctors and lawyers or anything home services like roofers and electricians and plumbers, all those services that people in their home need on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. So, you know, it's, it's, as you were sharing that, it reminded me of our home back in Pennsylvania and we would take the dog out for a walk. I mean, it seemed like every night, maybe, you know, when the weather got really cold, maybe not, uh, but pretty often. And I could swear we would go for months without ever running into a neighbor, which, which, you know, was kind, kind of quite surprising. I mean, occasionally one would drop by and uh, we moved uh, to Fort Myers beach, as you know, and we got that, particular type of magazine in the mailbox and we knew no one in the community and uh, i pull pull that out and i go wow how awesome is this i i didn't even know the neighbors on the cover uh but it it was our first glimpse of where we moved you know the community we got to know folks uh, via you know the magazine that you know, the publication that you're talking about and i thought wow this is a really really cool thing which is kind of when you think about how this, you know, not too long after how this Good Neighbor podcast started because of of those publications and what you said earlier, you know, just bringing that positivity in the community. So uh, we've come full circle, Mike. This is awesome. Yeah, it's it, what's really cool, too, is <laughs> like, for example, one of my publications, uh, I'm in the Tampa area, as you know, and uh, in one of my neighborhoods, the head medical director of the Tampa Bay Lightning lives in one of my communities. And, you know, we're talking uh, through connections in the community. And he says, you know, I'd love to be on the cover of your magazine. So we put him on the cover of, our, of the magazine and he got such an overwhelming response. Now, this is about a year and a half ago. The, the Tampa Bay Lightning were going back to the Stanley Cup for the third time in a row. They're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. So that was kind of a little bit of, uh, you know, like old yeah. news for some of the people <laughs> in the area. And he called me after the magazine came out and said, you know, Mike, and we, we, we matched it up so it would coincide with them going back to the finals. He said, you know, more people have come up to me about the magazine than they have about, you know, us going back to the finals. So I don't know how accurate that is. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, but it was, you know, it's nice. You don't know who lives in your neighborhood, who's the guy right around the corner and what their story is. And it's a really cool way to make those connections. It sure is. Yeah. So what about your journey prior to the publication? Tell us a little bit about what you were doing uh, beforehand. So I spent about 20 years of my life working in corporate America. And, and my most uh, lofty title that I had at one point was the director of international annuities for an offshore annuity company. And when I tell you, it sounds really cool, but it was not what I would call an exciting set your hair on fire adventure from day to day. Um, we had offices in Hong Kong, Dubai, Malta, Italy, and and my day was just constantly putting out fires from, you know, the Far East all the way back into Bermuda, where our closest office was to here. And it was a, just a constant headache of managing that. And then through divine intervention, you know, the, the real estate market crashes in 2008, 2009, in that little window there. 
And, um, you know, I was put in a position where I had to make a career change. And, and um, you know, for a long time, even though I had reached a certain level in, in my past life, you know, you just get to a certain level and like, how do I get out of this? I don't really love what I'm doing, but I'm, you know, I'm making a certain amount of money that provides me a lifestyle that I like. And, uh, you know, how do I make that break to make a change, to do something that fulfills me inside? And through that divine intervention, I, I found uh, a media buying agency in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to work with them. And, um, you know, they said, here, Mike, <clears throat> here is a phone and a laptop. We're going to stick you in a conference room. And listen, don't get discouraged. It takes about six months before you get any traction in this business. And I said, all right. So I just started dialing, you know, dialing for dollars, trying to find the right person to see if I get the right connection to make the right deal. And ironically enough, in the first six weeks or so, I ended up securing an account with Newell Rubbermaid, uh, who happened to have an office right down the street. It's a an international multi-conglomerate company. And I did their marketing for their Dymo label makers. And my first commission from that job alone paid me more than I ever made in 20 years of working in a corporate gig. And I said, you know what? I, I like this. I'm going to yeah, stick yeah. with this. And then I opened an ad agency on my own and did that for a long time before I moved to Tampa in 2019 to take care of my uh, my sick, my elderly parents who were sick at the time. So it's definitely taken me full circle, you know, as I know some of your story as well, you know, some of the things you've been through. And um, and I like where I'm at. I like what I do. I'm, I'm passionate about it. it. It really deeply fulfills my soul to be able to make famous residents uh, out of these everyday people that are just living their lives. And it makes me feel good to watch businesses grow, like to watch them start out and say, hey, look, we need to get our, our, our business into these homes and then watch them flourish. And to just be a small part of that is really fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. And I also know that one of the important things you do is educate and, 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 you know, in this day and age of all the different media options and with all of your experience, I want to dive into mis misconceptions. You know, there, we could, we could spend hours talking about this, but you know, if you were to choose a, a top myth or misconception, uh, what comes to mind, Mike, uh, uh, one, one of those top ones that you could speak to. I think one of the, the biggest things that I hear on a regular basis from, from clients when we're talking about their marketing is making sure they understand that there's really, when it all boils down to marketing, there's three types of marketing. There is direct response marketing, and that's the stuff you see on uh, three o'clock in the morning, uh, buy the shake weight for $19.99, and we'll throw in a second one. And <clears throat> that's literally go to our website, go to our 800 number. We'll give you the cheapest product possible. It's a direct response. We run the ad, you respond, and we sell. And then the second type of marketing really in broadest terms is brand awareness, a very similar type of um, product, but you're really educating people in the brand awareness you know, bubble there. And that's more like I always come back to like the Chuck Norris, like the total gym. Like I could put a, a gym on TV and say, hey, here's a gym. But the brand awareness campaign that they do are those long form infomercials where you have to show people how it works, how you break it down, the way you can use it. You're educating that consumer. That's a brand awareness ad. That's usually a longer term ad. And then the third type, which is what I do, is branding. And a lot of times people confuse a lot of my clients confuse branding and direct response because they come up to me and say, well, what's going to be my ROI on this campaign? And explaining branding to someone is 
there's very simple, amazing examples to show them and get them to understand. And those examples are companies like McDonald's and Coca-Cola and uh, Coors. These are huge brands that understand the importance of their brand image being in front of consumers repeatedly. And they're not necessarily worried about the direct correlation to sales because the broad reach of the branding alone gets that gets that awareness. So the, the c- consumer is thinking about that brand when they think about that type of product. And and the best example I like to tell people is this couple is, you know, if I said golden arches, you don't even need to see them. You know what they are. And, you know, I'm talking about McDonald's. If I said, hey, there's a big white polar bear drinking a drink. The first thing you know is, you know, it's Coca-Cola. It's those brand images associated with a brand so so connected they're almost synonymous and that's kind of what we do with our magazines is we want to make your brand synonymous with real estate or synonymous with floor coverings or synonymous with whatever your industry is and we do that through a multimedia platform that just brings the eyeballs to your ad yeah love it love it you know it's that omnipresent approach right you know you're seemingly everywhere uh, and I know, uh, as we both know that businesses who aren't as knowledgeable, they go, well, geez, you know, that's those fortune 500 companies, they're a whole different animal. Well, guess what? You know, they didn't become fortune 500 companies. And then all of a sudden switch to the type of marketing you just shared. They've been right. doing this for decades and that's what got them there. So, uh, great, great tip for local businesses, to model, and, uh, you know, at some point, Maybe they become the next Tupperware or, or whomever. Right. Yeah. right. And again, every great journey starts with a you know, first step. And that first step is really defining your audience. You know, you could have the greatest product in the world. Um, if nobody knows it exists, it, yeah. it's just a great paperweight. You know, it doesn't really matter. And then, you know, the other big misconception I get from people a lot of times, you know, word of mouth marketing, word of mouth marketing. And yeah, word of mouth is great. Your reputation is vitally important. However, the one bad review that you get totally skews the rest of your marketing efforts down that, that branch of that review. So, you know, the ability to create that consistent messaging and not being reliant on 50 different people giving you word of mouth and 50 different voices that doesn't all you know go together. Those are a couple of the big things that we run into on a daily basis and we have the solution for it. So it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this brings back memories of uh, my health club days and, you know, I watched so many clubs fail years ago, uh, whether it was poorly managed or depending on word of mouth and, and, you know, not willing to invest in advertising. And, and I was adamant, not because I was smart, just because I had great mentors who said, you're going to be tempted to skimp on marketing and advertising. And um, that's, that's going to burn you years down the road. And uh, so I, I always invested 5% and my revenues grew year after year after year after year uh, up to 10 million. And uh, that gave us a lot of power in the community, a lot of clout. And we truly were a brand, uh, but that was over 23 years. But, you know, the interesting part to this, Mike, bring it back around to word of mouth. We tracked everything we possibly could. And we found that every member was responsible for bringing, uh, it was like one point. It was more than one and a half. So let's just go one and a half, one and a half new members into the club. So another way that we looked at that is, well, geez, if we did more marketing, we knew that every member that came in was actually worth one and a half times more than what they were paying us. 
And and that fueled a lot of our growth, having the faith in in that. And and uh, yeah. And then when you've got, like you said, all these positive reviews, everyone's going to get a negative review at some point. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, taking a, a, a spoonful of, full of water out of the ocean at that point. It doesn't matter. Right. Still yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, that's I mean, you bring up a great point is that, you know, people people tend to only people who are dissatisfied with something only tend to talk about the negative side of it. Very rarely in those reviews do you get people that go, I mean, good word of mouth is good word of mouth, but it just takes that one bad word of mouth to really set your business back. Right. To whatever the expression is like. You could be right 99 times out of 100, but it's that one time that you're wrong that sets your whole reputation back. So, so yeah, for, for me, it, it's definitely important. And you brought up one other good thing about investing in your, you know, in your marketing. I tell a lot of people, too, is if you went to go to a bank and said, hey, I want to put together financing to, to start a franchise or a business or whatever. And a lot of franchises, when you go into their package, when you buy their package, they have money allocated yeah. for marketing. Yeah. You can't go to a bank and say, hey, give me a million dollars to start this business without a business plan that allocates money for marketing. They yeah. want to return on their investment, and they're not going to hope on word of mouth. They're going to hope yeah. on a business plan that has dollars allocated to marketing to yeah. drive revenue, and that's just the way business works. Yeah, good good stuff. All right, going to flip it over to fun. What's the fun side of Mike look like? What are you doing for fun out there? Oh, gosh. Well, I have a seven-year-old English bulldog, Norman, who you can see on my podcast and in every one of my magazines. And then um, just to add a little bit of excitement to the mix, I am currently watching my fiance's 15-week-old French bulldog named Louis. So he is a constant terror, and he is driving <laughs> Norman crazy. But and he's under my desk right now as I speak. So um, they are they are interacting quite a bit and playing. I'm hoping Norman Norman is exhausted when he you know when we lock Louie up. But uh, the dogs are dogs are a great you know a great source of uh, enjoyment in my life. And then uh, you know I train. I like to go and train at least four or five days a week at the gym. Um, at my age, I do more more resistance training type things. Uh, I just I have a 2001 Harley Road King that when I can get out on it, when I do have a little bit of time. To be able to drive, I try to find there's one and only area here in Tampa. It's Zephyr Hills, Dade City, which is a little bit north of here, that has any kind of topography for me to ride up and down a hill. Otherwise, I just ride a motorcycle on flat land in Florida. And then um, and then I just bought a new Jeep. I'm supposed to pick it up um, Memorial Day weekend. It should be ready. I got to fly down to Fort Lauderdale and pick it up and then drive it back here to Tampa. So wow, hanging out, doing my thing. Love it, love it. Uh, my daughter's looking at a, a, a Jeep. Yeah, I think Florida's a great state for Jeeps. They're fun. It's so yeah. fun. And I have this thing for it. It's called the Lift Pro. It's basically just a hinge. You, It's like a crank. You slide it underneath the top. You unscrew the hard top, slide it underneath, and just click it up. Do, 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 and it goes up and lifts the top right off, and it sits on a dolly. So the oh. dolly just sits in my garage. It's a one-man job, so you don't need to have multiple people yeah. doing it. Yeah. yeah, I don't need to call my friend and say, "Hey, I want to take my top off." It comes off in less than eight minutes, and then you're free to go. Wow, it's pretty cool. Nice. nice. All right, how about hardship at life challenge? We all go through them. What comes to mind, Mike? Uh, a period of time you were challenged, you got through it. Now looking back, you can say because of that, I'm better for it. I'm stronger. Well, I can tell you in uh, in 2019 was the toughest year of my entire life. You know, a lot of people, 2020 was a tough year because of COVID. 
For me, in February 2019, my mom got diagnosed with stage three lung cancer. Hmm. Uh, she was hospitalized and required some care. Uh, June of 2019, June 2nd, actually, my brother had a heart attack and died. And then um, I was kind of, I, I know I moved to Florida on June 2nd, 2019, because my brother had a heart attack and passed away. He was living in my parents' house in Venice, Florida. And my mom was in the hospital. My dad's in a wheelchair with dementia, so he couldn't be alone. So I dropped everything. I moved to Florida, uh, helped take care of my brother's arrangements, made sure my mom was getting the treatment she needed in her hospital, and took care of my dad with his dementia in the wheelchair. All of that while selling my house in Atlanta, buying a house in Tampa, selling my parents' house in Florida, and moving everybody into my location in Tampa. So from about February of 2019 till November. So I had a, I had January and December were two good months of 2019. The rest of it was complete turmoil. And uh, I look back and say to myself, I don't know how I made it from June 2nd to July 20th when I finally moved into my house here in Tampa in like a 45-day window. Wow. It's intense. Yeah, it's been a blur. Yeah. And, and then not too long after, you, you had fun with COVID like everyone else. And then, yeah, so the funny thing is my mom started to get a little bit better. She was feeling better. And uh, we arranged to take her on a cruise in January of 2020. We go on this cruise. It's me and my mom and my ex-wife and my ex-sister-in-law. The four of us go. My dad was in a wheelchair. We had to have somebody take care of him because he couldn't go. We get back from that trip and, like, are sitting on our couch and we're watching that ship, the, the, the ship in Japan that everybody was quarantined. Like we had gotten back the day before, and then we see this ship and wow. getting quarantined, and then all of a sudden, you know, the world is completely upside down. You know, everything's just kind of topsy turvy. So uh, it was, it was pretty, it was a pretty interesting time. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Dodge that bullet. Damn. Yeah, for sure. Could have been on a cruise with a seventy-six-year-old woman. <laughs> For, for an extra month waiting it out. Yeah. It was crazy. Those folks were on that boat for such a long time yeah. because they didn't know what to do with them. They didn't know what to do. They were just figuring, and they just kept passing it to each other yeah. and just kept going on and on and on. But, uh, but yeah, so then, then the world got crazy and everything shut down March 17th of 2020 here where I was in Tampa. My ex-wife's job shut the doors. She was working from home. Mm. I was taking care of my parents. It was, it was just, it was crazy. Everybody kind of, thrown on top of each other and trying to figure out this new way to live. So we managed to make it work and we, you know, we did the best we could like everybody else. Yep. Yep. How about one thing you wish your listeners knew about you and or, you know, your business and what you do in the community, what would that be? Really just that I think when people, when people meet me, a lot of times their first impression is, you know, Here's this big Yankee ogre, you know, talks fast, talks loud, um, you know, kind of, you know, I, I try my best not to be salesman-y because for me, what I do, I really don't think of as a sales job. I really think of it as a connection, to connecting people job. So the one thing I think I'd like people to know the most about me is if you went into my neighborhoods, if you went into my 11 communities my reputation is impeccable. Like it's above reproach. I bring businesses in that people respect. Um, I put out a magazine that people absolutely love. The text messages and the emails I get from people about the magazine is overwhelmingly like 99.9% .9 positive 
Um, and just people love it. So uh, the, the biggest thing for me is, you know, look, I love what I do and the people, the people that I do it for love what I do for them. So that's, that's probably the biggest takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, love it. Love it. So Mike, for listeners, I know we have a lot of business owners who maybe want to get in touch and schedule a good neighbor podcast with you, or for that matter, anyone who wants to uh, reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do so? Best way to, to do so is my phone is always on. I te- You can text me, call me. Um, it's 678-899-0656. Again, I am here locally in Tampa. However, my phone number is an Atlanta phone number just because I've had this number for, I don't know, 20 years. And I just don't feel I need, I want to give it up because I'm afraid of all the people I'm going to miss. <laughs> so I keep that Atlanta number. Um, but can reach me by phone or you could always email me, which is a lot of people like to send that introductory email because it's a little less intrusive. It's msadita at bestvirtualmedia.com and spell it out. And, um, and yeah, just contact me 24 seven. If, if I'm sleeping, I'll get back to you in the morning. Or Norman will take over. Or Norman will take over, but he, um, this, he doesn't really text very well. He's got terrible thumb action for texting. So. <laughs> uh, well, Hey Mike, this has been great. And uh, wish you the absolute best with your Good Neighbor podcast. And uh, let's do this again, maybe around episode 500. You have to bring me back and we'll have some more fun. Absolutely, Charlie. I cannot thank you enough for being sort of a mentor to me. Not sort of a mentor, a mentor to me in my business and publishing, as well as with the Good Neighbor podcast. I I genuinely look forward to our conversations outside of this forum. And uh, it's very much appreciated as much as I could possibly convey. Well, thanks, Mike. We'll talk again. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Passcode. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnppasco.com. That's gnppasco.com or call 813-922-3610.